Blog Talk Radio. You got to accentuate the positive Mine ain't the negative. Latch on to the affirmative. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. You gotta spread joy up to the maximum. Bring gloom down to the minimum. Have faith. A pandemonium liable to walk upon the scene. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. I am your host, Katrina Jones. My co-host, Tasina Roach, uh, will not be with us today. But um, we are the show that uh, helps people with education. We provide education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. Today, I'm very excited. We have on our show um, Rennie DeFazio and Tamara Veach, and they are authors of the book called The Emissary. Uh, and actually, they have a series of books out. This couple, they are both born and raised in Canada, Vancouver, where they currently reside. They are married and writing partners. Renee is an actor and producer with numerous films and television roles to his credit, as well as countless commercials and print ads. He is a world traveler and lifetime adventurer. Tamara is a writer mural artist and mother of three. She attended Simon Fraser University and studied English and psychology. They both research ancient teachings from many locations to ensure that historical accuracy of their series, the One Great Year book uh, series, is accurate. Uh, they have received honorable mentions from New York Book Festival, the London Book Festival, and in 2014, they were awarded an, an Empowered Writers Award at the World International Peace Festival in Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. So thank you, thank you, thank you, uh, Renee and Tamara, for being on our show today. Oh, Katrina, thank you so much for having us. Yeah, it's a, it's a pleasure. <laughs> Perfect, perfect. Well, I want to start off by asking you to please introduce yourselves and, and talk about your passion for writing and, and how as a couple you collaborate together and you collaborated to come up with the emissary um, and the series. Okay, well, um, I, I'll probably start and uh, we'll, I'll address the, the passion portion first. I think um, throughout our entire lives, uh, we, we've both been passionate about writing and creating. Rennie began uh, back in his uh, late, uh, early teens, and uh, he was writing songs. It all began with songwriting and wanting to be a famous musician and get his words out that way. And then as he got a little bit older, he uh, became an actor, and he started writing uh, plays and screenplays and uh, as a director, actor, producer, that was that was where he was 
um, spending most of his passionate writing time. <laughs> yeah, and Tamara has always been a writer ever since she was a child. When she was in grade three, she got her first typewriter where where the D didn't actually work. So there was a, a messed up D in all of her work. But uh, she's been writing and continued that writing right into university. So, wow. yes, we both, we both knew there. So how we began the process together was, um, you know, a, a whole other story of when we met. We, we weren't quite sure where where that uh how that was going to come out and um yeah it's been quite an amazing journey okay wow so how do you how do you both collaborate together well the way it has evolved over the last 10 years of us writing together um in quite remarkable ways now we kind of we do everything together. Every, we write together. We create together. Everything's done together. Except, but separate. But, but separate. <laughs> so so one of us will, will have the script and we'll work on it on the book, and then we'll pass it off, and then that person will write, go through it. I think um, because we're married, most people, uh, when they ask how on earth do you collaborate together, they want to know how do you get along uh, doing that and how what we've realized is that by honoring what the other person's skills are that that that's what works for us so I know that Rennie has an incredible imagination I know that his storylines are going to be way outside the box outside of thoughts that I could have um, and ideas that I could have sometimes he has to drag me along the way because I'll go no no that you know we can't do that that's a little too difficult so um, but I have to I've learned uh, just to honor what he's really good at and and the research he, he does an amazing amount of research that goes into it and then he passes information to me and my skill is something you know totally different than his yeah Tam, Tam mm-hmm. is a word she's all understands uh, you know the the makeup of, of the story and uh and and puts that talent to putting all the ideas and everything together mm, i think it's really as i listen to you both talk i think it's beautiful how you're able to tap into each other's vision and um you know and synergize in order to, you know, come out with the, the work that you do. So thank you oh, for thank sharing you. that. Thank mm-hmm. you. I think, I think a big part of it has been um, the consciousness journey for both of us, too, because what we realized early on was that if either one of us had ego uh, while we were creating this and, and was worried about getting enough attention or worried about having our own voice heard, or that was the only times that we would run into trouble. And it's hard to always recognize that those fears or those, you know, feelings are ego. But once we tried to do that and step outside the process and go, okay, if I'm upset here, what am I actually upset about? What, you know, what's bothering me? Um, it made it easier, easier to solve and communicate. So it's not always easy and it's, it's been an amazing journey, but it's definitely been worth it. That's pretty huge because that sounds like a spiritual, um, you know, that, it, that sounds like a spiritual journey that you're, you're both on in order to uh, recognize, um, 
your your consciousness as well as the consciousness of the other person and 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 um, release ego. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Katrina. It has been a remarkable experience, and the 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 epiphanies that we've had, and the learning that we've been privy to has been so rewarding on so many levels. And that consciousness is woven through the stories there. It is definitely an underlying uh, theme and a main portion of the stories about conscious awakening, recognition of ego and fear and um, trying to overcome that. And, you know, and I recognize that as I was reading uh, the emissary, I, I, I recognize that, so I want to ask you, your first book is, in, and is this your first book um, that you've written together, The Emissary? Um, what inspired, what is an emissary, and what inspired that book title? Well, an emissary is a light worker. It's, uh, it's a soul uh, reincarnated over the ages who holds true the, that love compassion, connection, and light in the world as the world descends into a dark age. And we named the book The Emissary because our main character, Marcus, is an emissary. Yeah, an emissary is a chosen one he sent out from an ancient civilization called Aditala, a.k.a. Atlantis. And they're the keepers of the wisdom, and they reincarnate from one lifetime to another, you know, waiting for consciousness to awaken within all people. Yeah, so Mar- Marcus actually has quite a journey because he has past life memory where other emissaries do not. And that past life memory can be quite a burden to him. Yeah, there's the, the definitely the wear and tear of, of past life memory. We might think it could be a blessing, but ultimately... Uh-oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I hit a wrong button. I'm the positive. <laughs> hit a wrong button. I'm That's, sorry. No, it's perfect. Mm. It's perfect. So yeah, no, that's the role of the emissaries to accentuate the positive. So it's quite a. Uh, we don't believe in accidents. I think that was just a little synchronicity there. <laughs> wow. Now, and I don't want to. You know, as I was um, trying to think of questions to ask, I, you know, really mindful that I, you know, I didn't want to give away. I, I really don't want to give away anything from the story. Um, I, you know, want, uh, I wanted to kind of evolve as, as we talk, but um, you talked about Marcus um, as being the main character of the story, and he is an emissary. Um, what I found interesting is there's another emissary. I believe he's an emissary, but he has a different role. You know, it's almost like they're, they're uh, yin and yang, you know, negative and positive. So I, I thought that was interesting as well. Absolutely, yes. Uh, we have a character, his name is Helgul, and he is the opposite of an emissary. And for clarity, we Ooh. actually, he's an adversary. So there's actually two groups. There's the emissaries and the adversaries, and they Ooh. are yin-yang. They have opposite uh, intentions and 
there it's a continuum it's not absolutely one end or the other black or white gray you know there's a lot of gray areas in between because they're human after all even though they're emissaries and adversaries they are incarnated as human and they go through the human journey um, of ups and downs just like we do yeah what's really great about the characters is they they don't get their past life memory until puberty so they get to they get to assimilate into the cultures that they're born into prior to them receiving their past life memories and of all the emissaries and adversaries only Helgul and Marcus have past life memory and we won't tell you how that happens because that would be a spoiler but uh, <laughs> things occur that Marcus and uh, his nemesis both have past life memory and through the ages they carry that and uh, that balance is really important because we we really try to show what what the world is really made up of uh, underneath it all okay how long did it take you to write this book and and what was the process for you well we like to say that it took a lifetime of learning and 10 years to write so it's been a, a, a long, long process. Um, the process started with a, a, a concept that I wrote 15 years ago, and it has evolved, and we fleshed out the storylines over the past 10 years. So, yeah, it's changed quite a bit. The, the process began when Rennie and I were dating and sitting on his uh, back patio having wine uh with this short little storyline 15 page storyline and we we got out a uh a timeline and said okay what could happen here where could these characters go what's what's the point of it all and we had no idea then that that was just us you know trying to be creators and and uh it sure grew and evolved and the it layers it's absolutely layers it's like putting uh clothing on, on a on a skeleton, you, you know, you've got to put all the layers. On. That's me again. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Wow. Okay. Um, is that okay. Frank Sinatra you got playing there? That is not Frank Sinatra. Um, oh, you know, I don't. I don't say his name. Say that name again. Steve Martin? I don't No, it's not Steve Martin, although I believe Steve Martin did sing this song. I cannot recall this um this particular um uh artist name, um, but it is it is a Perry very Cole, old maybe. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I can't remember I can't remember his name, but when I heard it I, I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with his yeah. voice and with the song. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. You know, I I want to say I appreciate um, you saying that, you know, it took 10 years for this process to, you know, evolve and to, to, to come alive, to come, you know, to come onto the pages for, you know, for the people to read. Because a lot of times, you know, if you are an, inspi- an aspiring writer, um, it could be easy to get disappointed and to think that this should be happening now. Why is this not happening? And, 
you know, for a lot of people, they, they put their work down and just don't come back to it. But this has been, sounds like a labor of love for you both, and uh, you've, con- you've just kind of continued uh, with the process. Definitely. We, once, um, once we started doing research and, and, and becoming aware of all this material that's out there, we felt like, how come the whole world is not talking about this? And we just wanted to be a part of bringing that information forth. Understood. Now, my co-host, she couldn't be with us today, Hasina, but she she wanted me to ask you. She says, make this light, Katrina. So uh, I have to ask you, what came first, the chicken or the egg? And what I mean by that, what I mean by that is in regards to your book, what came first, the title or the content? It was, it was, sorry about that. It was definitely the content. Ooh. Yeah, the t- the title came almost at the very end. Um, okay. And uh, Rennie, the 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 content was definitely the beginning for us. Yeah, I think I think you know we when we started writing this story, we we had to ask ourselves the question: What would a thirteen thousand year old man know that the rest of us do not? So that took us into a lot of different areas, trying to figure out what information we could bring forward that he would have. And that really took us down the rabbit hole into physics and and into into all kinds of conscious stuff and ancient um, knowledge. And we found a thread that kind of weaved through all of it. And that's what we've tucked into our story. Thank you. Mm. Okay. Now, I think you touched on it a bit, but does this story have have anything to do with um, something that happened personally in, in your lives? Was it inspired by something that happened in your lives? You know, it, it definitely was inspired. I when I originally came up with the idea of this story, I was actually backpacking around the world. I bought one of those round the world tickets and uh, was backpacking to all these monolithic sites around the world. It was Egypt and Stonehenge and all kinds of places and Easter Island and Angkor Wat. And I was reading a book called fingerprints of the gods by Graham Hancock. And in that book, he outlines this alternative history and I was so enthralled with that story. I went, why, why not put characters into this world and bring this world to life? So this alternative history that Graham talks about is nonfiction. And it's, the, it's cataloging all of the evidence around the globe that our civilization is far older than we think it is. And that there was a cataclysm about you know, between uh, 12 and 13,000 years ago that wiped out civilization and that we have a civilization that works in cycles. And when Reddy saw that and, and learned about that, he said, this is amazing. This evidence is all out there. We need to share this. So that was a real impetus for the story. So there sounds like there's some um, historical, um, there's some historical facts in, in oh, twine, there's plenty. In the story. <laughs> plenty. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, there's plenty of years of research. And there's not that's not the only part of us that's in the story. It's a love story. It's about soulmates that, mm-hmm. that find each other over and over and connect. And there's a lot of real emotion. I mean, we took a lot of care to make our characters believable and to make you feel the story. And, um, you know, we've, we've been through things in our lives and we understand what grief is and we understand what pain is and we understand what joy and love are. So those things are, we did our best to try and put them and weave them through the story. Mm. How did you develop the characters in the storyline? Well, it's funny. Um, they're, they're quite alive for us. So as we began writing, we had a really flat image of, okay, this is what Marcus is. He has past life memory and he's in love with Theron. And this is what Theron is. And over time, we realized that they had a life of their own. And they, as, as they started to have experiences through the story, they, they, they got fleshed out and they became more alive and more. And we realized, you know, a person wouldn't actually do that. What would a person actually do? So we really took our time. And it, for any other writers out there, um, take your time with your characters and let them evolve and, and, and see where your storyline takes them and make sure the storyline affects them. Make sure that there's an arc. Make sure that they're changing. Make sure that they're realistic. Yeah, we took an interesting approach to our main character who starts off as a perfect human being. And we deconstruct the hero throughout the book as he de-evolves um, as we as as we go from a golden age into a silver age into a bronze age and then into the dark iron age and as he transcends into that dark iron age his 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 objectives change and he realizes you know that he has to learn things in each life to propel him into his next life I really yeah, love we definitely that because didn't know what those, yeah, we we didn't know what those lessons were going to be all the time. So sometimes it'd be like, oh my gosh, <laughs> that's a hard wow. one. You know, I really love that because that's what makes him. You know, for me as um not a you know as a human, you know, reading this story, this that's what helps me to connect with him. You know that you know because he is still learning. You know, even though he's you know he's you know, reincarnated, he is still learning, and you know his his experiences kind of mirror experiences that I can relate to. Right. Thank you. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. really that's wonderful to hear. Mm-hmm. What is the biggest uh, takeaway that you'd like readers to have after reading this this uh, novel? I think the biggest takeaway is that there is more to life than what we see. Yeah, we we are consciousness having a human experience. That's what we would love readers to walk away from after reading the book. And and people that's kind of what is happening to people after they've read the book. They they their consciousness becomes awake. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. we're all connected. That that there's an energy connecting all of us. 
and that uh, what we do to ourselves and what we do to others affects everything. Mm. So um, let me ask you a question. In each, cause, because this is the first book, and um, you've written you've written two books that um, that deal with these characters and the and the and the storyline that you've talked about. Um, so the second book is the Emerald Tablet, correct? Yes. All right. So in the in the Emerald Tablet, uh, oh, I just I, I just want to ask. Um, in the Emerald Tablet, your main character, um, does it, you know, is he reincarnated yet again? He is, and, and he's actually mm. reincarnated three more times uh, in different wow. times in our world history. But there is a full, there is a plot line that, that is set through all of those lifetimes. Yeah, in book two, he's reincarnated into the time of Plato and Socrates and Aristotle. And then he's reincarnated into the time of Genghis Khan and then into World War II. And then it oh, culminates wow. again into present day. Historical. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's, well, it's, it, we are sitting currently um, at number five on Amazon for uh, bestsellers for historical fantasy. So it, you know, it's really responding with readers right now, and and we're we're so pleased and blessed to to be having this experience. Yeah, it is an awesome, it is an absolute awesome read. So I, I can believe that. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. That's so nice to hear. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's true. It's true. All right. Um, what is your why for writing this series? Because this is a series, book one, which is The Emissary, book two, The Emerald Tablet, and you're currently working on The Ancient Book of Changes, correct? That is right, yes. Mm-hmm. So our why, well, you know, the why has changed over the years, which makes sense. So we've changed, the why has changed. When we first started writing, uh, the mm-hmm. why was we wanted to create, a, we were dating, and our life quite didn't make sense together. Rennie was uh, a, a single backpacking, um, uh, traveling writer-producer. And I was a divorced mother of three uh, writing from my home base uh, in, in Vancouver. So our life didn't make sense together, and we decided to create a life that did. And then where did it go from there, Rennie? What was our why after that? I think what we did after, you know, we got together, we realized, okay, let's let's write this project. We didn't think it would take 10 years to write. It did, but it, there was su- it was such a journey the past 10 years where we actually, we actually did visit all of these ancient locations. We traveled to them and, and uh, learned more about them and, and, and really got a feel for the environment. And we brought all of that information and again put it into the stories yeah and we've and we've interviewed amazing people um and and gone on retreat and gone on uh explorations with them to get the information i mean we spent time with randall carlson learning about um the alternative world histories and and drun valu learning about the ancient flower of life 
Uh, we went and met with Tom Campbell. These are all just names, but if people are familiar with their work, um, yeah. they're all in the realm of consciousness and alternative uh, world histories. And, uh, you know, we read uh, Utopia by Plato. We, we spent an incredible amount of time learning. Wow. that That is just so smart. And the way that you, the way it evolved is, is brilliant. Mm. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, do you consider writing a career, a business, or both? Well, we have absolutely feel it is both. And I think you absolutely have to wear two hats as a writer, as an artist first, and then to, you have to get your art out there. And that's when the business hat needs to be put on. And it is a considerable task. The amount of effort that we've had to put into getting people to be aware of our books is equally as difficult as it was writing it. Yeah, and, and the business hat, you know, that in, that would include sourcing out your um, editors and, and um, making deals with publishers and all of that stuff. And yet, uh, what, what we found is that if you just read, there's a lot of resources online. And um, for other authors out there that are, that are seeking this out, definitely don't reinvent the wheel. Uh, access your writing community. There's an amazing writing community on Twitter um, and, and online. So you can definitely get information on how to do things, but you have to take care of your business. Nobody else can do that for you. And I would suggest mm-hmm. you definitely cross-reference everything. Don't don't take anybody's word on this or that or their pitch and thinking that it's going to be the end all to be all. You definitely have to cross-reference everything and really do your homework because, uh, you know, unfortunately there is a lot of um, people out there just waiting to, you know. Make promises. Make promises and, uh, and uh, soak up, you know, their profit. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I, I absolutely wanted to ask that question because as artists, a lot of times we just focus on the part that we love, which if we're writers, it's the writing, if we sing, it's the singing, if we dance, it's the dancing. And sometimes if we're not balanced, we miss the whole business aspect of our craft. Um, I think that not, in mm-hmm. yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say it may not be the part that we like the most, but it may be sometimes <laughs> you know one of the most important parts. Yeah, it's definitely not the part we like the most. We both mm-hmm. would rather be creating all the time. Um, I think that uh, having two of us helps because. Um, we can each take a little bit of that business department on. I'm a Gemini, so I, and I did do uh, accounting and business in university, so I get stuck with a lot more of the jobs that uh, that Rennie probably wouldn't want to do anyways. But, um, yeah, it helps having a partner. And, you know, even if, if there are writers out there that are, are really bad at those kind of things, just source somebody that can help you. That, that is good at that, that'll keep up on it. But you do have to take care of the business if you want to keep going with writing or do it as a career. Okay. And how, how, do, you, um, how do you market your books? 
Um, well, you, there's many, many ways to market your books. And mm-hmm. lots, we, we've gone through a gamut of different ways, um, from hiring PR people um, to, to focusing on Amazon um, to doing lots of book signings um, at markets and, and bookstores and expos and just getting out there and building your brand. Um, I think, you know, for us, I, you know, the PR people are extremely expensive. And I think basically not, it's not really worth investing your money there when you first start out. Because those work very well if you are already a known name. Then, then that information is usually picked up. But if you're somebody new, nobody knows you, you tend to get lost in the shuffle. So I would focus on, um, you know, contacting bookstores, doing um, signings, uh, readings at libraries, um, and just building, building your brand and doing it with minimum costs. All right. That's perfect. And, um, you know, thank you for letting us know that there is a, a, a great – community, writing community on Twitter, uh, and I know LinkedIn is also also has some great uh, writing groups that they probably are on both, you know, use, use both mediums, social mediums uh, as a community. Uh, so thank you for that. Now, as you, as you both were writing your books, um, did you self-publish or did you choose to, um, you know, to reach out to a, a publisher and what are your thoughts on self-publishing? Well, initially, we we wrote a, a, our original story and we self-published it. And I'll tell you why we did that. And we think it's extremely important because within the first 500 books of that very first uh, book that we published, we were optioned uh, for film and television. Now, that's wow. not a huge achievement. It's not a big mm-hmm. achievement. It actually, lots of books get optioned, and but mm-hmm. very few get made. But it was um, very. They they have been beneficial to us and have been with us for seven years to help get our book out there. Um, it's very important that we do that, that that people do that because I think publishers today are looking for writers that are prepared to work to get their projects known. And if you self-publish, there's just a few things that, you know, you really want to look out for. Editing is everything. Um, The only downside to self-publishing is bad editing, bad quality books, and bad, um, (laughs) you know, bad paper. So if you're, you know, if you're just going to do it digital, just make sure that you use people that are really good at what they do. Um, and we've had our books edited, you know, multiple times. And even the professional editors make mistakes and miss things. So you have to, you have to go through them over and over, have beta readers, do all of those processes um, to get the best quality work that you can. And then by all means, work on promoting it, work on getting it out there. Sounds like, I'm sorry, sounds like a lot of work. 
it is a ton of work. It's way more work than we knew. That's for sure. And it's and it's uh it's it's quite funny because we think, gosh, if we knew, would we do it again? Well, yes, we absolutely would. But uh, we definitely didn't have any idea how much work it was to actually put out a good quality uh, product. And actually, it sounds like it's been a beautiful process. It sounds like it's it's been your baby that's that's just kind of developing. It became a toddler and and a teenager, and you know, it, it's just evolving. And you're evolving as as your as as your books come to life, you know your books are evolving and and you both are growing in the process as well. Katrina, you are absolutely right on. Um, I am a mother of three. I have three mm-hmm. uh, teenagers right now, and this book is exactly the same. It was a painful birth. And uh, then it was a toddler falling all over the place, not quite sure uh, how it was going to stand on its own. And now it's in its teen years and it's starting to really show us its strengths and its beauty. So it's quite awesome. Beautiful. Mm. Now I'd like to ask, what does, liter- what does literary success mean to you? Because it means something different, uh, you know, to, to everybody. You know, everybody has a different mean, uh, you know, thought so what does what does literary success mean to you? For us, I know that we wanted to really touch people, to to give them something that they would take away. There's some books in our lives that leave little pieces uh, with us that um, in situations in life, in 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 real life, they come to play. They give you a little bit of something to work with, something you didn't know before. Um, and that, that, that's our literary success. We wanted to uh, touch the readers. Okay. And for my listening audience. Nice. Oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it would be nice to sell a few million books, too. But that's, that's, that's a secondary <laughs> success, too, actually making okay. a difference in people's lives. Perfect. And what I want to say, say to my listening audience is, you know, as you listen to as you listen to um, these authors talk about, you know, their process and, and what they did, never go around um, someone where you want to get information. These are our mentors and never go in front of a mentor without a pencil and paper. So, you know, take notes, even though you'll have this broadcast to listen to, um, you know, write write stuff down because they're giving us nuggets. <laughs> they're giving us nuggets and jewels. Um, yeah, I wanted to say that. Oh, thank you. And you know what? We did that. Mm-hmm. We've asked, mm-hmm. we've talked to other authors when we were start, first starting out and still. And Stephen King's book on writing is mm-hmm. absolutely amazing. And you don't have to be a horror fan or a Stephen King fan. He is a brilliant, brilliant writer and mentor. And his tiny little pocketbook called On Writing is absolutely a writer's dream. So pick it up if you don't have it yet. Thank you for sharing that. What are some common traps for aspiring writers? I think... Some common traps are that we reach a place where we kind of hit the wall and 
lots of people will not push through there and get stuck there. I think the whole secret is to never, ever, ever give up. And one one thing that I noticed in the process with Rennie, and it probably didn't hit till about year five or six, was our willingness to throw away work, tens, you know, 50 pages, 70 pages, stuff that we'd worked on for months. And we would go, you know what, we're going to set this aside and take it out of the story and rewrite this, start again, and see if what we come up with is better. And that was so hard. The first time I did that, I, I cut and pasted and I held on to it and I printed it out and I was so worried to lose it. I never yeah. looked at that work again. That, we mm. moved beyond it by being willing to tear it away and throw it away. And just on a whim, maybe this shouldn't be there. And it was well written. It was good stuff. But it just wasn't flowing. It just something wasn't quite right. And we did hit a wall there. Wow, talk about consciousness and letting go of ego. That That's tough. That that's was tough. You're right. Thank you. That was tough. That was mm. tough. But it, 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 once, it, once you do it once, once you mm. break through that one time, you realize, well, it worked that time. Let's try it again. I'm, there's nothing to lose. Let's try it again. It's only time. And if, if you can shed this idea that there is a timeline you should be able to write in, um, it's going to give you a lot more freedom. Okay. Well, you know, I want to say again that The Emissary, it was such a great read. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to reading The Emerald Tablet. And I, I went to your website and – Look, you know, I was looking at looking um, over your website, and I took your soul purpose quiz. I was so I was like, oh my goodness, this is so awesome, and it was accurate. It was it was spot on for me um, about my soul purpose. Um, what I like the way your website is set up. So I want to ask you, what was the inspiration for the for the website name? One great year. What what was that inspiration? Well, the the one great year is actually the backdrop to our series, and the one great year is is a a cosmic cycle that's been written in thirty one ancient civilizations around the world that apparently had no contact with each other. Mm-hmm. And what it is is when the Earth spins one time on its wobble, it takes twenty six thousand years, and it's it's written that within these 26,000 years, there's a rise and fall of consciousness. And that is the backdrop to our adventure love story. So it's, it's quite, so there is a golden age where everybody's enlightened, which is the time of, of Aditala that our characters are born into. And then mm-hmm. it descends into a silver age, then into a bronze age, then into a dark Iron Age where all consciousness will be lost. And then we rise once again into the Bronze Age, into a Silver Age, and back into the Enlightened Golden Age. And that is the great year. (laughs) Perfect. Wow, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. And as you, you know, as I listen to, to you both talk about the book and, you know, you know, the different ages, um, it makes me, you know, 
I used to be a history buff, and it makes me think, wow, you know, our earth have gone through those cycles. We we go through those exact same cycles, those exact same uh, phases. So, and I think that's why I was able to relate so well to the characters and the the experiences that they have. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, no, it's definitely, ba- it feels authentic it feels right it when does. you when you get into this and and uh, as i said you know the evidence is out there and, and we just went why isn't everybody talking about this this, this is a big deal wow. yeah there's actually a textbook written about the great year cycle uh called mm-hmm. hamlet's mill and it was written uh by a couple of professors uh back in 1969 Wow. So yeah, it's it's been around, and I mean the Mayan calendar is all about the Great Year yeah. Cycle. That's it's about the oh. change of ages. Yes. So yes. that's just one of the 31 ancient civilizations that knew about this cycle and wrote about it and passed it on. Okay, and just like we're now in the age of Aquarius. Uh, well, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, so like... Yeah. It's the same. Yes, it's part of the procession. Okay. Yeah. All right. right. So So I'm curious now, Katrina, you Mm -hmm. are positively affirmative. You are Mm -hmm. obviously on a consciousness journey. When you did the sole purpose quiz, I have a guess of what you might have been, what you, what you probably came out as. Um, But what, what did, what was it? (laughs) All right. So when I took the quiz, I, my, because it's points, um, you know, you get a certain amount of points. And when I took the quiz, my, uh, the majority of points for me, um, I'm trying to think, when I took that quiz, the majority of my points, I was. Um, Do you want me to remind you what the titles were? No, I was an elder. I was 130. You were an elder. El- points elder and 90.90% guardian. Yes. Um, ten percent producer and and you know I guess forty percent warrior. But uh, yeah, and I was like, wow, these characteristics. I think your results were exactly the same as mine. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. So in in the quiz, we've broken mm-hmm. down. Now we want to be super clear here. Everybody is everything. We're we're all. Um, guardians, warriors, producers, and elders. The guardians are the people that share the information, that guard the information, that bring information and uh, ideas to the world. The warriors are just that. They are the soldiers, the warriors, the, the police officers, um, the, the firemen, the, the, you know, the people that fill those roles. The producers are the people that are the farmers and the artisans and uh, the honey producers and um, the contractors. And the elders tend to be um, people that do more of the uh, behind-the-scenes leading, the the leading that doesn't have a big title, uh, that doesn't have uh, a lot of accolades. People... um, the warriors tend to actually take on the ego roles that have all the accolades. But anyway, so yeah, no, as, as, as a radio host and a podcaster and, a, and one who's sharing the knowledge all the time, it's really mm-hmm. obvious that, you know, you'd be an elder and a guardian. So it's a fun, it was, it's a fun little quiz to do. It was, it was almost like taking a career assessment. A little. 
<laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, this is so awesome, you know, because, and actually my family took it. My mom took it. Um, I have a cousin that's visiting us uh, from Ohio and she took it. And, you know, it's just, it's so, it's a conversation. It's so interesting to be able to talk about, you know, oh, these, these were the characteristics that showed up in, um, in my assessment and, you know, here's what it means. And, you know, to be able to process that and talk about it, that was pretty, that was pretty, pretty, pretty great. So thank you. Oh, for, that's thank you for that, that. That's, that's awesome to hear because the whole idea is getting people talking and talking about soul purpose and talking about, um, you know, what, what is it to be conscious and aware of where your skills and your passions and your drive lies. Yeah, if we if we are conscious of having a human experience, then everybody came here for a reason, for a purpose. And helping people discover what their purpose is is kind of the whole point of the exercise. Makes sense. Makes sense. And I really love how um you kinda of explained in the assessment that if you know, if you're having, you know, trouble, um you know, um, in this, I, I don't remember how it was kind of worded, but it's like, you know, if this is what, you know, if this is what resonated with you and you're having trouble kind of having um, alignment with this, here's some things that you may want to consider. Here's some things you may want to do that may bring you into more alignment uh, with with your sole purpose. And that was, that was spot on. Great job. Oh, good. Good. Thank you so much. And thank you so much. And that there again, you know, is part of diversifying as authors, you know, uh, saying we, we have some information here we can share. Can we share it in our books? It's partly in our books. It's woven in there. It's, it's part of uh, yes, it who the emissaries and adversaries are, but it really was um, something that we wanted to share on the side that we knew would resonate with people. And it is free on our website. There's no charge for it. And there's and and as you'll know, um, Katrina, there's a few follow up emails that come after it that give you more information and give you a chance to kind of jump in a little bit more too. Yeah, great. Thank you for that. What advice would you offer to those who are aspiring to be writers? Oh. I love this question. We we meet writers every single time we do a public um a public event. Read, 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 read. Read all of the classics. Read uh all of your favorite authors. Read every week and definitely write. Never stop writing. If you're journaling, if you're doing poetry, if you're writing plays, um it, it, leave a piece of work and leave a piece of work and move on. Um, to something else if you feel stuck. And, you know, quite a few people have come to us um, and said, you know, I have a great story about my life, and I've been through this, 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 and this. And one thing that has kind of come to light for us over the years just from listening to the publishing side of it is don't write a memoir. Unless you are famous, you've been a president, you've been a princess, you've been somebody, you know, really well-known in the world, we've been told nobody wants to read a memoir by an unknown. However, you can write that as a story. You can put it in the third person and write your story, and it gives you a little more 
creative license, to make it more interesting, to make it, um, to have different things happen that maybe would have heightened it. So, you know, don't do a memoir if you're starting out about yourself. Try and write, write it in third person and get really creative with it. Uh, that's about it. That's great information. That, thank you. We, you, you, you both have given us some great nuggets, so thank you for yeah. that. <laughs> thank you so and much. You're welcome. I just want to say, as, as, as I've been listening to, as, as I've been listening and as we've been talking about the book, The Emissary, and, you know, we talked about the, you know, the three main, well, you know, we touched on the three main characters, um, and and I ask you, what is an emissary? And and I thought that um, Hegel was a, a an emissary too, but he's an adversary. So these are, yeah. you know, it just it just dawned on me um, as Tamira was talking was saying, you know, emissary and adversary, that these are also archetypes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, often they, we carry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they they. That's the whole point, I think, of our story is that there is no mm-hmm. good, there is no bad. There is, we we as humans have all of those elements within us, and it's our choices that create our reality. So whether it's good or bad, it's our choices that get us there, and I think. You know, that's something that it makes people um, accountable for their actions. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. You, oh, you, you all have done a marvelous, marvelous, marvelous job. And I'm not just saying that. It, it's just a really great book. And, you know, and actually I, well, okay, I'm going to digress. Great book want to ask, um, how can our listening audience find your book, your books, and your website to take that soul purpose quiz? Okay, so the website is one great year, O-N-E-G-R-E-A-T-Y-E-A-R.com. So at onegreatyear.com, you can find out all about our books, and in the menu, the soul purpose quiz is right there for people. Also, we're on social media. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on um, Facebook. And we're at One Great Year for all of those. The books are available at all of your bookstores if you ask for them. They're also available on Amazon.com and Amazon.ca. And you have to look for The Emissary by Veach and DeFazio. There is more than one emissary out there on uh, Amazon. So you have to look for the Emissary by Beach and DeFazio and the Emerald Tablet. Perfect. Thank you. Well, um, before we bring our show to a close, do you have any other nuggets that you'd like to share with us? We do. We would like to know how you became an emissary because you are running your show. You running positively affirmative. You are clearly an emissary. So how did that come to happen, Katrina? Oh, you know, I think, I know that I was born, I was born 
um, to be uh, a helper. I was born to be uh, an encourager, and I've had to grow into this role. Um, I've had to learn. It, you know, at times it's been like I've, like like um, Hamlet said, he felt like he had on a coat that was too too big for him. <laughs> Um, and, you know, through, throughout different times of my life, I felt like I've had on a coat that was too big. But um, I, I just know that um, it um, I was born with these characteristics and these traits. And this is what, uh, you know, helping people to improve their, their life. This is what God has put me here to do. Um, and, um, and, I, and I've been able to recognize that and, and um, continuously learning to, to walk in that knowledge. Right. That is so beautiful. That is exactly the emissary path. So as an emissary, you're an empath. You're empathic and you feel yeah. everybody's. So can you give people a tip on how you continue to be an emissary and empath fitting into that big coat without mm-hmm. taking on the wounds and pain of others? What do you do to protect mm-hmm. yourself? Okay, this is a very good question. Um, you know, I, I do feel um, other people's pain, and I think I always will because that's just kind of who I am. But um, I also I have people in my life that I talk to um, – I used to be a therapist. I have a history of, of therapy, chemical dependent. I was a counselor at one point, and so I have people who are professionals in my life that I, I sometimes I'll say, take off your therapist hat and we need to talk or put your therapist hat on because I need to talk. Um, so I definitely have people that I talk to. I meditate. Um, I am into um, alternative uh, spirituality and um so I'm in touch with my ancestors. Uh, you know, I, I honor my ancestors. So there, there are many different things that I do to stay balanced and to, uh, to just try to listen to uh, what spirit would have me do. Oh, that's fantastic! And and you know, those are the things that we also do. We share that in common. Mm. So I yeah. think that meditation. meditation is the key to get in touch with your with your higher self. And I think, yeah. you know, I think that's kind of the nugget that's bringing us all together. I think there is this consciousness awakening happening right now on the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it is a very beautiful thing to watch. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so my apologies. I'm at my mom's house. She's been sick, and the phone is ringing, so my apologies. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. All right. Um, so I want to I want to thank you both again for coming on this show. I love your spirit. I love your energy. I love your work. Um, I want you to feel free to come back onto the show uh, when you finish your 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 other book. Um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you. This has been just one of our favorite interviews and podcasts we've ever done, actually. We love your energy, and it's been lovely sharing with you. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Well, we will absolutely be in touch, okay? Okay, Katrina, thank you so much. Have a beautiful, beautiful day. 
You too, you too. And I want to thank our listening audience for tuning in to another edition of Positively Affirmative. Uh, This is the show where we affirm you with education, information, and resources in the areas of self-care, career development, business building, and wealth consciousness. I am your host, Katrina Jones, Prosperity Life Coach of Satari Self-Care Institute, and we are wishing you a great rest of your day. Okay, bye, everybody. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Don't mess with Mr. In-Between. Ah. 